You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Proof Text, where I, your host, uh, Fred Long, am with Michael Halcombe, and we're talking about proving things from scripture and, and coming at topics uh, of practical life and of theology and interpreting scripture from the perspective of evidence and uh, thinking about important things in life. And uh, Michael, how are you doing today? I'm all right. It's early morning here, uh, but glad to be awake and talking prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this second season of Prove Text, we've been chosen a topic of prayer and now we're, we're asking certain questions and walking around those questions. And today we have a question that Michael posed about a general, should we be praying in general or should we be praying specifically? Mm-hmm. And so that's our topic for uh, this podcast. So how would you begin approaching that question, Michael? Mm, yeah, that's, it's a pretty fascinating topic. Um, I, I've, I guess I heard throughout my faith life and especially early on in, in my Christian walk that uh, you should pray specifically. I remember someone uh, sharing with me uh, the works of Spurgeon or just some quotes from Spurgeon about that, about praying specifically. I don't remember exactly what those quotes were or exactly where they're from, but um, that was the the first place that I was sort of uh, introduced to that idea. So um, I don't know. It's always, it's stuck with me kind of from the beginning. Um, and yeah, I, I do wonder if, if this is related to doubt. Um, and I think that's something else that we want to address here. Um, uh, doubt. So uh, maybe maybe that's a good place to start. I don't know. Without general yeah. specific, when I think of yeah, let's let's come let's consider that. When I think about general and specific too, I wonder about pre-made prayers. You know, um, one of my students once gave me a book of a collection of prayers, and um, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I really appreciated the gift, but I'm not sure that I appreciate it as much as I do now where I'm much more open to the idea of praying prayers that have already been written out, prayed and prayed again and written out, which, you know, would seem to probably fall under a more general category. But um, so that's another kind of question. So pre-made prayers versus spontaneous prayers, if that relates a little bit to general versus specific yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I I guess I kind of go back and forth on this. I feel like, uh, what if I'm in a situation where I don't have a, uh, you know, maybe maybe I feel like I don't have time to uh, say a I don't know if lengthy is the right word, but a lengthy prayer, um, but just a, a sort of cry in that moment, you know, like you know, Lord Jesus be present or Holy Spirit, you know, move in this situation or some short prayer like that, where it seems 
kind of general. Maybe mm-hmm. it is specific. Um, so this is, it's kind of, yeah, I, like I said, I go back and forth a bit on this. Um, and so, somebody, so, yeah, so go the ahead. question of doubt. Yeah. No. Well, so the question of doubt comes in then in terms of the more specific, the prayer is more faith required. Right. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think there is some value in doubt. Maybe we can talk about the the pros and cons of doubts. I don't know. But um, I often, I often stepping kind of away from prayer for just a second to speak about doubt in general, um, I often refer to doubt as a gift from God. And I'm not talking about like a hard skepticism doubt. Um, I'm just... I'm, I'm talking about, um, uh, here, here's how I think about it, is I look back over my Christian journey of 20 plus years, it's, it's never really been about answers. It's always been about questions. And uh, so I find it when I ask one question, like God uses that to pull me in deeper to the mystery that is him and the mysteries of him. And when an answer does emerge, you know, it's like 20 more questions uh, arise. And so I may have these doubts about, well, I don't know if I think this means that, or I don't know if I believe that, or I don't know that I, I really think things are going this certain way. So I have these, these small kinds of doubts, um, and I kind of see those as, as gifts, kind of like little hooks that God has used me to use to pull me into his mystery and, um, you know, search about things perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, Drawing your attention to things of wonder. Yeah. And I, I look back at, um, so I remember distinctly right after I became a young Christian, um, the very first question, the very first question I asked the pastor at the, of the little Southern Baptist church that I was going to, we were standing down in the, the basement, the church kitchen this is a Wednesday night and the senior pastor had stopped in, uh, while we were eating donuts or something, I don't know, but I had asked him the question that we did in one of our previous episodes was, well, why should we, why should I pray if God already knows? And he just laughed and said something like good question or whatever. Didn't really even try to answer my question. And um, I, it, my very first thing after I became a Christian was just that, like this whole prayer thing. And that's why I say it's very mysterious, but just even there, that question, right. Kind of like doubting uh, either the, the, um, effectiveness of my prayer or uh, God's ability to answer. I don't know what, you know, I could put my finger right on the pulse of it, but, you know, some doubt there. And that's led me into this decades long mystery of thinking more deeply about what it is to, to pray. And uh, so I, I'm grateful for that. To me, that's a gift, you know, um, and in a lot of churches, you, you're told not to ask questions like that, or the answers or, or responses are just shrugged off and uh, people don't take it 
seriously, perhaps because they don't have a, a good response. Um, but, you know, you, you're kind of made to feel as if you express any kind of questioning or doubt that it's somehow irreverent and uh, disrespectful to God. And uh, I don't think so. I think he uses those questions or he can use those questions to to draw you to him. So I think there's a value to doubt. But I'm not talking about the kind of doubt that's like a hard skepticism. Yeah. So how is this related to general versus specific pray, prayers? Is this, um, I'm, I'm wondering, what's the, <laughs> what's the relationship? Because are we talking about just kind of an openness to dialogue with God about matters in life, g- general or specific matters that, that one is struggling with um, or wondering about? How do you yeah. see the connection? Yeah. So the connection. Um, so, you know, I mentioned Spurgeon earlier and I think somebody like Grins would say a lot of our prayers are too general. A lot of our, you know, Stan Grins, a lot of our prayers are too, uh, are too general to be answerable. <laughs> and okay. that, um, that brings up the question, are you giving generic general prayers and not specific ones? Because in fact, you really don't believe the prayer is effective. (laughs) You you, doubt. Yeah. You doubt the validity or veracity or palpability or whatever we want to call it of the prayer, right? That, that it's really going to make any difference at all yeah okay so that that does relate then obviously to the specificity of prayer do we have examples of specific prayers in scripture and or general prayers i mean we we were talking last time about the lord's prayer is that Mm -hmm. a general prayer or a specific prayer you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name or your name be sanctified let your kingdom come. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To me, that sounds very general. Right. It, it does a feel. Vision, a broad vision of, of, of things. Right. Yeah, it feels uh, quite general. I mean, you do have the give us this day our daily bread um, and forgive us, yeah. forgive us our debts or our trespasses, you know. Um, lead those who trespass against us. Yeah. Lead us, general. lead us not into temptation. It's general. very general, uh, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, but perhaps, I mean, applicable. Yeah, yeah. So it seems it seems general. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, um. So there's this other uh, Rosalind Rinker, I think is her name. She talks about um. She, I, I kind of like this suggestion, um, and it's it's really good in terms of discipleship or discipling. She talks about making, uh, moving away from the general to the specific, and making faith-sized requests or faith-sized prayers. And what what Rinker means by that is um, a faith-sized prayer is one that is the right size for your faith, 
It's not, it's not so large that the, the ask, the size of the ask is going to cause you to wonder if God will indeed answer or mm-hmm. act in response. So if you're a, a baby Christian and you, you know, a young Christian and you, you have a, a young faith, um, well, maybe you have a bigger faith, right? I don't know, but whatever the, the size of your, your, faith in that in the ability of that prayer to be answered that's the the size prayer you should ask because if you you have a small faith and you're making these big asks then uh you're probably going to be pretty deflated because they're not gonna they're not gonna align so what do you think about that i um i keep thinking of of something you brought up uh, in the last podcasts about being prompted by the spirit. So praying, praying mm-hmm. according to the spirit. So, <clears throat> I, it, but I'm, so I'm, I'm hearing that need to listen to the spirit. The spirit will prompt us. And I yeah. guess to the extent that we're tapping into the spirit and listening to the spirit and have faith to do so, we'd be praying accordingly. So that kind of makes yeah. sense. On the other hand, I'm hearing, Maybe prosperity gospel, <laughs> name it, claim it, right? Mm. So you know, we just have to, we just have to name things. And you know, my faith is big enough. I'm gonna get mm. this, get this new item that I want, or get this job, or this whatever it might be that I deserve to have because I'm a child of God. You know, I can name it and claim it. So I don't mm. know how. You know, I guess. The answer to that would be, you know, are you aligning with the bigger things of God in your heart? Right. And I guess that's what the the general prayers, maybe the, the one of the benefits of the general prayers is that they do remind us of the bigger picture, yeah. the bigger vision within which our specific prayers would best align. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. I, I think I agree with that. Um. I don't know that Rinker, the one I, I was just quoting, was yeah. doing a prosperity kind of thing, but that it. does that does sound like it. I agree. Um, you yeah. know, uh, you know, you and the thing there is you you send in a financial seed according to your, mm-hmm. you know, your your faith size or whatever. But yeah. um, well, let's let's take a break and then when we come yes. back, let's look at some of these. Uh, specific prayers from scripture or general prayers that uh, you had just mentioned. So um, that sounds great. Yeah. So listener, uh, take a listen to this word from our sponsor, Glossa house, and uh, we'll pick back up on this conversation on the other side of the break. Looking for creative ways to launch your biblical language studies to the next level. We here at Glosa House create resources with you in mind. We've created a stock of innovative and cutting edge audio, video, digital, and print resources to help you reach your language goals. Visit glosahouse.com to find what you've been looking for. Glosa House, language resources for the global community. All right, welcome back. We're talking about prayer in this season of proof text 
And in this particular podcast, we're talking about general versus specific prayers. And how does doubt come into play here? Doubt in terms of questioning and wondering about the world and how God is working, but then also doubt that can squelch perhaps our boldness to pray and maybe bring, you know, question about whether we should be praying so specifically. And I guess that question of, of um, doubting has come into my mind when praying in reference to specific prayer requests, you know, how boldly and directly specifically will I pray uh, for God meeting that request, that need, that particular need. And um, I want to be bold. And I, I think I often am. Um, I'm not sure that that's what guarantees any response to my prayer. But, you know, I wonder, you know, do I, do I, should I be praying so directly and specifically? Or if I have some doubt, um, I may not do that. I've been in situations where, uh, or I've, I've heard of a situation where a pastor was praying for someone in, you know, great medical uh, need and asked people, you know, family members, you know, if anyone is doubting or not feeling like they're on board with this praying, I, you need to leave the room. <laughs> and, and only those, you know, let's have people here who are really believing be present. And that seemed kind of like a, kind of a bold move. I can't remember the outcome of that, but, you know, is there, <laughs> that gets us into, you know, what conditions are required for having answered prayers, but certainly there's a certain kind of boldness there. And, you know, obviously because there's a, a specific need to be praying and, you know, my concern sometimes is, are we trying to make situations happen almost, almost out of magic? If we just mm. have the right, setting or demeanor or we pray right. enough or in the right way that God is going to, it's going to make, make things happen. And it seems like that's one of the, the things that Jesus warns us against right prior to giving us the Lord's prayer, Matthew chapter six. So if you go to Matthew six, he's talking about fasting, praying and almsgiving. And, you know, one of the things he says about praying is don't be like the the pagans that who, who with their many words think that their prayers will be heard, you know, almost like trying to conjure up and coax right. God answering their prayers. And it seemed rather that Jesus, it seems like there's a simplicity, uh, but, but maybe just a simple directness would be acceptable as well. But well, this raises a, a sort of ch tangential question um is it okay to pray for the same thing more than once yeah. in other words does does praying for something a second third fourth fifth time uh, also suggest or reflect doubt yeah yeah <sighs> um that has come up to me recently when i've been i've been praying with uh with a person very dear to me but we've been praying for wisdom and so how do we you know, keep praying for that wisdom when, you know, we've already prayed for it. 
and so we want, we want to trust in the provision of that, that wisdom. And uh, but yeah, the question has come to me is like, do I keep praying the same thing? But I, I in my mind, in my heart, in my words, I think I've just been acknowledging, you know, we we thank you, you know, we thank you for what you are revealing, you know, it's ongoing, that kind of thing. Well, maybe it would be helpful to think about specific um, prayers. Um, and, and the book of Acts obviously is full of praying. In fact, Luke, in writing his gospel, when you compare Luke versus Matthew and Mark, uh, these are called the synoptic gospels. They're gospels written with a similar viewpoint in mind in tracking the life of Jesus. And there's some dependency relationship Mark perhaps being used by Matthew and Luke independently, although there's other theories of, of relationships. But regardless of how we might decide those relationships might are, Luke clearly is way more interested in praying than the other synoptic gospels. Uh, Luke has Jesus praying, like shows him and depicts him praying in different mm. settings and different time periods. And so Luke has a particular interest in prayer. Um, Jesus pr goes out and prays before he selects the 12 disciples while he's bap being baptized, he's praying and these kind of things. And then in the book of acts, you see that there's a lot of praying going on and, and sometimes mm -hmm. for very specific things, you know, Peter in chapter nine, verse 30, uh, 40, kneeling down, praying to Tabitha, you know, Tabitha arise, he says, and she opened her eyes and she saw Peter and sat up. So there is a very specific need for like healing uh, and her, in this case, like resuscitation, you know, like she mm. was apparently dead or, you know, very, very close to death or something. Um, so there's obviously specific needs that get prayed for in chapter 12, Peter is in prison and it says that while he was there, um, that the church was praying for him and the word there it suggests like ongoingly so i don't know hmm. so peter was kept in prison this is acts chapter 12 verse 5 12 5 so peter was kept in prison but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church so prayer was occurring and it's really interesting there it's a periphrastic construction so the verb was is distinct and then um, becoming, yenome, um, you know, literally prayer was becoming or coming or occurring fervently mm -hmm. by right. the church, upo with the genitive, to God. So pros tontheo, not simply dative, but pros, and then um, the preposition pros, and then peri avtu, to him or concerning him. So there, obviously, I'm, we're assuming that there's very specific prayer being offered for Peter in this precarious situation of being in prison. And then, boom, the next verse records a miraculous um, escape. Hmm. Uh, an angel appeared. So there seems to be, at times, for God's people, acute needs and People must be burdened. They know that they need, we need God's help. And so we obviously turn to God to do what only God can do. So mm -hmm. I think there's times when we pray a lot, a lot of time. I mean, some kinds of prayers are acute need prayers where we're beyond our ability. 
I heard once of a mission, mission group working in a, a vi village in, um, I think in Africa someplace. And, and it was a largely a Muslim village and they were doing some construction uh, and they had this heavy truck with maybe a pickup or a little bit larger pickup truck full of rock. And it backed up over um, someone's leg, like someone fell down and then the, the wheel <laughs> went over his leg, truck pulled forward and they're kind of in a remote place and this was a serious need, like someone's gonna die. Uh, this guy is a bad, in a bad place, his leg is crushed. Mm. And the missionaries were, they were praying for his healing and they were praying in English, but it wasn't until someone prayed in the tongue that the Muslim Muslims there, the unbelievers could hear that then his leg was healed. Hmm. And then when they brought him back to the States, he was a church churchman here. They took a x-ray and sure enough, there was like a fracture line, but it was healed. Huh. So um, there, there had been a break, but it was, it was healed right in front of people. And it was a miracle. So huh. those are very acute situations of, of praying and the Lord moving. And just yeah. a, a final quick point to that is, I think that these kinds of miracles and these kinds of acute needs for prayer uh, particularly arise on the front lines of where God's kingdom is breaking in mm -hmm. and that there is more need and more occasion for God to work in very powerful ways to testify to his working and to his reality. So I think on the front lines where Christian faith is growing and spreading, God seems particularly interested in having his people pray specifically and in needs and then to show forth his his power and glory such that people pay attention and they say oh my goodness we need to listen to these these people <laughs> they have a prayer we better listen to their message right we let's let's go back to to the lord's prayer matthew 6 for a second um sure. right right before uh, Jesus offers that uh, prayer in uh, six nine. He says, "So pray this way: Our Father in, uh, who art in heaven, our Father in heaven." But right before he says that, uh, he says how not to pray. Right? He says, "Don't yeah. re babble repetitiously like the Gentiles." And then in the next verse, verse eight, this this is what immediately uh, comes before. Sorry, there. Uh, working outside right now, our house, you may hear some drilling. You just have to live with it. Uh, but he says, don't uh, be like them. And then he goes, for your father knows mm -hmm. what you need before you ask. Now, if we just think about that logically or mm -hmm. logically in terms of, of praying, does prayings about the same thing multiple times show doubt? Well, here's the reality. The the father already knows what we need before we ask. So to pray one time would we we could conclude would be an would be an act of doubt, right? So yeah. what I don't know. So it would seem that praying a second, third, fourth, fifth time about the same thing would be just as doubtful as praying that first time if the father already knows. Does that make sense? Yeah, 
Um, yeah. So what other verses do we have that would counter um, that, that, that there is a need for ongoing prayer? Is it, you know, like, so this, this verse I was talking about in, in, in Acts 12. Well, go back to our. Made fervently, um, maybe even in a focused way that, um, that word, that adjective ektenos means is at least glossed as eagerly, fervently, constantly. Um, yeah. I guess I'm thinking of the widow asking for justice to the judge um, as an example of being persistent in prayer that they should not give up. Yeah. And Luke 18. Yeah. Well, Luke 18, one begins with Jesus told him a parable to show him that they should always pray or yeah. always be praying and not lose yeah. heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that aligns with what we were saying before about, you know, and, and Paul pray without ceasing and the yeah. spirit, the spirit groaning and praying always within us. Um, so I, I think if if prayer starts with God and it starts with the spirit within us and it's the spirit who is inaugurating that that prayer then um, and nudging us to to be alert then uh, what, what's the problem the, the the prayer right that we're praying the first second third fourth fifth time is being, is being um, yeah inaugurated by by God Himself by the God the Spirit, so yeah. so yeah. I don't I don't think it is an act of doubt to pray for the same thing multiple times. Yeah, and I think going back to that that verse, it just reminds me. Looking at this is Luke eighteen one, so he's telling a parable to show that all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Um, mm -hmm. It may be helpful to know that 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 idea of losing heart literally the the verb is enkakeo 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 which means like um i think succumb to evil mm. and not to give in not to get into evil so kakos means evil and then the n at the front suggests like to give in and that mm. and and so this is an instance of justice where we see an injustice, this woman, this widow is seeing injustice and then is acting on that. Um, so I wonder if that tempers it a little bit, uh, the fact that, that part of the need is to respond to injustice and when something is wrong, to want to see something made right, um, mm -hmm. but to be praying always. In other words, in, in, in every circumstances, to see God um, act and, and to help make things better and to rectify things if there's a wrong mm -hmm. to be vig vigilant in that kind of way because yeah, I mean, alternatively we give in to evil we're just like oh nothing can be done right and, and and sometimes right paul as <laughs> i love going back to that some of the most comforting verses in all the new testament all the scripture for me where paul says you know, sometimes we we don't know how to pray how we ought you know we don't we don't know and so sometimes doing uh, a prayer, a third, fourth, fifth time, whatever, like it's just a matter, a process of, of 
clarity, right? Where the, the spirit is, where mm-hmm. we're being attentive uh, in, at new levels of clarity um, to pray how this situation or this issue or circumstance might be most aligned to the inbreaking of the kingdom. And maybe on our first prayer, we, we don't know that, but I feel like, uh, that that's what it is. It's a process of, uh, of clarity. Yeah. And I think, I think it might be helpful just to admit it, you know, when we're praying the same thing to say, Lord, here, here we are again, here, here I am again. Mm. And I'm still feeling something needs help or I, I need some understanding. Um, I don't want to be repetitious. <laughs> you know, my need um, help me to have faith, you know, even if it's just little and how you're, 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 you're doing it. So, I mean, I think, I think to acknowledge that there's an ongoing prayer an ongoing asking for help and openness to his will, like what is your will in this situation? Do I need to just accept the way things are, or am I supposed to be doing something differently? Um, or is there is there the possibility of someone's heart being changed? But you know that's out of my control, right? And and there's some there's some real sense that we need to submit to what's happening, even though we might protest it and and seek for God's help. Justice. It really depends on the situation, right? So it's very, very particular. And I guess that's when I'm asked to pray inter- for intercess- intercessorily for people, intercessory. I try to discern what is the need? What, you know, what, what how would God possibly be working in this situation? How might he need to be working? Or, or you know, is it in, in, in a changed, my changed heart, the person who's asked for prayer, their changed heart? Um, do they need some angle or insight? And I guess one, one thing about prayer that I think we should come back to one question, I'll just state it here is that prayer often is preparation for action. Yes. I've seen yes. that repeatedly. And I think we could probably devote maybe even the next uh, podcast to that is how does prayer prepare, prepare us for action? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um yeah the the persistence yeah um and it it's it's an active rather than a passive allegiance you know um mm-hmm. we're we're not just as as we talked about before it sounds a little uncomfortable but there is a sense in which god um has has um i don't know made himself dependent on our praying Right. Um, that sounds so weird to say, but it's the reality. Yeah, it Use the example yeah. of salvation, right? Like God's God makes himself dependent on our prayer in that, in that circumstance. Um, he doesn't force himself on us. And so yeah. uh, I, I agree. I think that uh, prayer is, is this uh, disposition of, of, uh, active activity rather than passivity and persistent rather than lazy. Um, and, you know, uh, ab- abiding and trusting and, uh, you know, those sorts of things rather than mm-hmm. their uh, opposites. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of 
in terms of prayers general or specific, I think, I think the Lord's prayer to summarize as we conclude this podcast, I mean, I think there are examples of general prayers, which are orienting prayers for us and kind of help us see the bigger picture and pray in light of that bigger picture. And I think there can be written prayers that can help us in that regard. So I was mentioning a book one of my students gave me, it's called the Harper Collins book of prayers, the treasury of prayers through the ages. And I just happened to, to flip open and here's a prayer of Francis of Assisi mm. who lived in the 12th century, early 13th prayer before the crucifix, most high glorious God, enlighten the darkness of my heart. Give me Lord, a correct faith, a sure hope, a perfect love that I may carry out your holy and true commands. Hmm. And it's, it's just, there's a simplicity there. It's, it's a beautiful. And uh, I think some of these men and women of the faith in their recorded prayers, they've hit upon some eloquent, big, important theological truths and themes. And um, th these would be helpful for us to, to come back to, you know, they struggled with the faith. They did amazing things. They had courage. They walked with the spirit and the fact that they could articulate some things, I think could maybe help us and open up um, us new, new avenues for thinking. So, um, so those are general prayers that are recorded. Like we can learn from them. There's the book of common prayer, which has certain prayers and some of them are quite profound and I'm, I'm very moved by them actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But then there are specific prayers which arise out of specific needs. And I think as we proclaim the gospel, as we grow and share our faith, that, that particularly God is interested to answer those prayers as his kingdom advances in, in pretty dramatic ways. And I think almost the more frontline our work is entering and you know, bringing the light of the gospel to dark places, I think the more boldness maybe we should have of course led by the spirit but to pray and and we should expect god to move and 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 do some miraculous things and i think the book of acts shows that and uh other books um and, and testimonies i've heard from missionaries would attest to that as well that those would be some of my takeaways mm -hmm. i think scripture too is offers you know um yeah. offers a, a bunch of examples of prayer particularly the psalms right uh, we know that yeah. the early, earliest christians were a lot of times praying the psalms together and um so yeah it's i think so what we're saying or at least what seems to we seem to be in agreement that there's a place for both general and specific yeah yeah hmm. all right and well, michael do you have a parting thought yeah, parting shot. Um, yeah, so this is from someone named Jamie Anderson, and it says, grief, I've learned, is really just love. It's all the love you want to give but cannot. Hmm. All that unspent love gathers up in the corner of your eyes, the corners of your eyes, the lump in your throat, and in the hollow part of your chest. Grief is just love with no place to go thank you mm. thank you for listening 
We appreciate you, our podcast listeners, and we want to bless you. And uh, we look forward to having you listen to us next time. See ya. Bye.